Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the ANF podcast on the ANF network with me, Scott Casson Rennie, and the man who's giggling for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just giggling at you because you're funny. You make yeah, me laugh. Anyway, who are you? We, who are you? Are you? Done, who oh, are I'm, you? Al, I'm Al Coates. Have you ever done those team games where people go around and have to say nice things about people? Isn't it fun no. to say things like, I like you because you make me look good? No, I would never do anything like would that. You I, would, I do not do mm. audience participation in those. That's maybe the team like dynamics of the places I hang out. It's very <laughs> dark and, and broken. That's why I work on my own. That suddenly it all became clear. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how the hell are you? Yes, I'm good, Al. How are you? I'm actually oh, I'm knackered. Not... I'm actually knackered. I'm going to tell you. I'm just so tired, but that's my own choice. What, Life choices. What are you tired of, Scott? <laughs> I didn't say I was tired of something. I'm just saying I'm knackered. Don't social work me. No, please don't. I don't How are you really working. feeling, Scott? <laughs> I was actually chatting to somebody about that the other day because they were saying um, that they were a project manager for something. And I was like, all right. And I said, yeah, it's a little bit like, I'm sure that when you project manage your people get in a room together, it's really like quite monotonously boring because I can't think of a worse I'm job rude. in the world. Sorry to project managers if you are listening. Um, and I said, but I, I, always, I can always tell when I'm talking to a social worker. They don't even need to introduce themselves as a social worker, I said, because, you know, you've just been in your life for so long that you just know when somebody is a social worker. Anyway, well, probably insulted half the people in the room, but, you know, there you go. What well, can you do? I, I always wear corduroy and I have a man bag. <laughs> so that sets me apart. <clears throat> I must have told you when I first qualified, um, I went, I was working in London and I kind of, I was like, you know, so I was like, like squeaky clean, excited to be a social worker. So it's like, oh, first day I was, da, 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 da. and I'm off and I'm about, and I was sort of walking down this street and I thought, I really am obviously a social worker, aren't I? And I felt incredibly self-conscious and sort of had to go in and sort of change my clothes and everything. So oh, uh, really? anyway, that was probably a really rubbish story, wasn't it? Yeah, it anyway. Was. At least it wasn't too long. That's yeah. Thing. Yeah. So today we um, are, we have two guests with us as we well. Do. So I'd like to introduce um, the the wonderful and uh, much, um, much, much sought after Sally Donovan, who is a friend of the show. Hello, Sally. Hello. Thank you for having me on again. You're welcome. It's always yeah, a treat when you do come on. Yeah, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Uh, and I'm just in one of those moves. Um, and we've also got um, a new guest, uh, your colleague, your co-writer. Is that the right phrase? Co-writer? Uh, Carly Kingswood. Hiya. 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 That was that, that was upbeat, wasn't it? You've brought some yeah, vim and vigour to the to the session. Um, so we invited you, Carly you on. Carly been on before. <laughs> Me, you and Sally are like, hi, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just crack yeah. on? Because we've got dinner. What I should have said, really, what I should have said, um, given where I'm from, is all right. Completely rhetorical. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> Love it. That's fair enough. Um, so we invited you both on, or you invited yourselves on. I can't quite recall. It was all a long time ago. It was, you know, um, Scott and I would literally we'd do anything for a free book. So thank you for our free book. Um, we yeah. are shameless in our desire to build a library. Um, you you together of you have written a book. So do you want to just kind of tell us about should we just well, go straight into Carly it? Should introduce herself first. Right. Okay. Let's do that. Because, you know, everybody will now be Googling Carly Kingswood and you did that and that didn't come out too well. So that Carly introduced herself so that people know who she is. That sounds awful. That sounds <laughs> like a, 
That's terrible. What have I done that you know about? Google knows about. Wait a minute, I'll get the page up. So I'm yeah. joking, I'm yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> so, well, so Carly, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll probably catch up with Sally, see how Sally's been doing since the last time we saw. But Carly, tell us who you are and why you are here. Um, okay, so I'm Carly. I am um, I'm a DDP therapist, so dialect developmental psychotherapy. I also do quite a lot of life story work. I do consultancy. I work with um, a residential care company um, for very small family kind of based homes, family style homes, um, and do uh, a lot of training as well. Um, I started off as a, what we what was called child protection social work back then, um, and I did that for a couple of local authorities. Really, really was kind of big into attachment and trauma. Did a lot of my own kind of reading around that. Um, had a great boss that supported me with that and uh, then retrained as a play therapist, um, had a couple of kids, became a foster carer, did that for 10 years, got an MA in therapeutic foster and adoption and now I'm here. And you're still 27. Hell's teeth woman, you've been busy. Crikey, that's a that's quite a CV that, isn't it? I'm, I'm a busy person, yeah. Yeah. That, wow. That's... That, that that sounds like it's a choice thing, Carly. You've decided to be busy. Yeah, I've definitely decided to be busy. I mean, of, of course, <laughs> I've got plenty to uh, distract me. So why not? Oh, well, that's intriguing. Um, so I'm, there's so many more questions I need to ask about that, but we'll maybe get there in the end. Um, so Sally, hello, Sally. How are you? And I, I'm trying to think of the last time we spoke to you. It was probably a couple of years ago, maybe. Would it be, would it be that long? Yeah, probably. I don't feel like I've spoken to either of you properly for ages. No, we don't. Um, yeah. And I, I can't remember. Yeah, do you I'm know? I don't know if it's COVID thing, but the whole memory. You know, I've forgotten when things happened and in what order and what the context was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's nice to be back here and um, to see you. And uh, yeah, did you ask me another question? I can't even remember what you asked. <laughs> no, no, I mean this is. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's it's like yeah, we're trying to again get ourselves back up to speed. And um, so, well, what have you been doing since last time we saw you? I know there's been stuff going on, and some of that was on the internet. You kind of made a few announcements about your health and stuff. But so, tell us a little bit about what's been going on over the last couple of years for you and yours. So yeah, last year was a little bit of a big year for me. Um, I moved house Ooh. down to the seaside. Uh, I changed my work. COVID just completely threw everything in the air. So I got a new job and then I got breast cancer. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah. that was the three things. Um, so the breast cancer is fine now. It's all gone. I'm fine. So, you know, no worries. But, um, yeah, slightly worrying time. And um, I was just chatting to Scott earlier about how it does change one's view on life a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. You just don't, you know. Yeah. You know, there's like a high chance of it, but he never expects it's going to happen to you and it comes out of nowhere. Um, so I've been doing, yeah, I suppose my response to it has been to get fit and clean up my life a bit. Not that it was ever terrible, but, um, you've, you know, you've I've been running a lot. goodbye to the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, those, yeah, the 
Yeah, the late nights and drugs are all gone. Gone from my life. Yeah. Uh, are they having parties. been having? I was just going to say having stayed in hotels with you, not like in the same room, but I've <laughs> I've been away in places where you've been, and you're certainly not like that at all. So I'm sure there wasn't too much to clean up, was there? Well, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's just the focus, isn't it? So. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. the last time we spoke to you, I've just I just had a look there. It was May 2022, so it's not that long ago, but long enough ago. Okay. Yeah. Oh. May 22. Yeah. Oh wow, that was before everything unravelled then yes. last year. Yeah. yeah. I was blissfully unaware of what um, was going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I remember at the end of that conversation, uh, I said to you, I remember sort of asking, "Oh, well, what's next for you?" And um, I did. And I'm and I'm not sure I have not I've not gone gone back and listened, but I have this feeling that you said, "Oh, I'm thinking about some books and some topics and some ideas and some themes." So was this part this book, which I think we should we should name and call out for exactly what it is, which is the unofficial guide to therapeutic parenting for children, sorry for childhood aggression and violence by Sally Donovan and Carly Kingswood. So was that is this a book that's been in a long time in the gestation, or was it uh, something that kind of came in out of the blue? No, it's, it's be, I mean, it was probably coming to being, probably near to being finished when I spoke to you last time, but probably not quite there. So that I, I probably didn't mention it. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it's, it's huge. These books are huge projects. Yeah. Ages. And, um, you know, I was extremely happy to work with Carly on this one because I knew it wasn't something I could do on my own. And, you know, you've heard Carly's CV. She's the perfect co-writer for me. Um, yeah. You know, professional experience and, a, you know, I sort of got the background in the science and the research and also knows about the real life of, you know, living with childhood aggression and violence. Um so, so can I yeah. ask you how you connected then? Because I don't know whether um or the you who wants to answer it, but um in terms of you, did you know each other historically previously? Are you just kind of like did you meet each other down the pub? Uh, you know, unlikely. But um was it was it that you pitched it as an idea and you got um, you know, you were connected? However, how did you know how did co-authors come together? Well, I don't know. It's kind of it's always chancy, I think. I don't think you can ever just stitch these things together. So we met through a mutual friend long before we even thought about writing anything. Right. Sort of, you know, mixed in some of the same circles and, yeah, and then it... You do with adoption, don't you? Adoption, fostering, there's... The, it's, yeah. It can be a bit incestuous and, uh, it's, <laughs> oh, she she knows about this and she, she's got a connection with this. You two should talk. A bit like that. Right. Yeah, that's how we've all ended up where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so cynical. <laughs> Bless your heart. So come on yeah. then, sell this book to me because I feel like um, I'm beating around the bush. You tell me why this book, why this book now? Um, come on, the pair of you. This is a press junket. Come on, go all, <laughs> go all hard, hard sell. Give me the hard sell. Give me the the taglines. The you know the pithy remarks. Oh well, this. Um, so I, I'm a virgin at all of this. 
Um, so so I'm, I'll give it a go. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a book for um, for parents and I would say for professionals and also for the people that love those parents and support those parents who are experiencing childhood aggression and violence in its broadest terms. I think it's fair to say that myself um, and Sally have got um a background in, in trauma or have experience in developmental trauma. Um, so there's a lot of that in the book, but but particularly I think with the pandemic and with some other stuff um, that we we tried to boil down what that could that could encompass. So it's not specific to developmental trauma. We've really really widened that to areas like displacement, um, to um, experiencing discrimination to experiencing unexpected moves to experiencing bereavement um to experiencing pandemics to experiencing adoption fostering trauma and the kind of the usual bread, bread and butter stuff that we were, um that we would talk about um and yeah we kind of applied it to a, a, a really wide range i think of children families experiences i mean i i noticed that when i was um, reading it it's not a pop-up and I read it. Um, but I did notice straight away that it's more of a generic kind of approach, which um, I didn't expect, actually, because obviously when you think Sally Donovan, you think all things to do with that. But I think that's it's kind of stepping out into the, the unknown maybe a little bit, is it? Or, or was that a conscious thing or was that just the way you wanted to write it? Or that's the same question, isn't it? Was that a conscious thing? <laughs> it it, it became good. conscious. I, yeah. I think you say so. It, beca it became conscious. We we kind of sat down and you know did first ish draft, yeah. and then when hang on, there are loads more people that need this. Um, you know, my my sister's mate needs it. So and so, it just mm. it just got we just realised that it just needed to be bigger. I'll shut yeah. up and I'll say something. No. I think we um, so I think this was before the pandemic. We ran a few training sessions at so Carly's got this incredible practice on a farm in Somerset um we held just a few open sessions there practical sessions about you know what maybe where aggression and violence might stem from and some of the practical stuff you can you know you can try if if that's what you're living with and people came you know just from regular families mm saying you know this happened you know somebody passed away or a parent left or all sorts of issues like that and you know our children are distressed and this is what we're living with and I guess it dawned on us that well you know it's no secret is it that the distress is the root of you know distress the fear of what's going to happen next um children living very uncertain lives so it made sense to, and also those, I think our, you know, the families we, you know, that I've certainly written for before would understand what you mean by developmental trauma and would, yeah. would know that that was going to be the foundation for everything, the understanding of that. Um, these families that were coming along, have no knowledge of that at all, never heard fight, flight, freeze, um didn't understand about you know threat responses and survival and all the rest of it and so it made sense to set that out in a way that was 
you know, easy to understand and made sense in the real world. Um, yeah. So, and you, you know, you don't write these things, as you all know, you don't, you don't do any of this work to make money. There's no money no. <laughs> involved. You do it because you feel yeah. strongly that it, it would help, it will help someone. Mm. Um, so, you know, why not broaden out the appeal, I would yeah. say. Well, that's just it. Cause there are, I mean, there's, there's so many more families than just the ones that we're built on that are experiencing stuff like this. And, you know, I, like I see every day with some of the kind of um, connections that I've got just pre-adoption fostering, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, and I don't know if I've got a question here, but um, is that something that is, is that, is that the way you're maybe going for the future, Sally? I know I'm jumping ahead here, but you know, cause we'll come back to the book in a minute. Is that, is that kind of where you're going for the future? Do you think, is it, is it more, kind um, of your audience maybe a little bit more broad now? I suppose I, I maybe already had taken a step that way. Mm. Um, the last, the book before that was for children and young people, and it was a guide to trauma, mm-hmm. you know, set within a story, but it's sort of a, I guess, a popular science book for kids. And that does not, you know, set out who the audience is for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one in production at the moment, um, which is, you know, in the same series, which is a guide to anger, anger, angry feelings. So what is anger? What what purpose does it serve? What, you know, what if it gets too big? What, you know, what can you do with it? How can you, you know, can you use it for good? Can you use it to fuel action? Um, So all that sort of thing. So I guess those are more general Mm. books about our feelings and emotions and our bodies and understanding ourselves better. I'm quite keen, you know, I've, I'm, I'm very keen on children and young people having access to that knowledge so that they don't feel mad, bad and dangerous, you know, so yeah. they can, you know, cause that's, that's the basis, you know, this book that Carly and I've written together a lot of it is, you know, it starts off with understand where it comes from, understand where these big, you know, big physical emotions and responses come from. Um, I was doing some training at a, a school, a lovely, lovely school uh, for children with additional needs, including autism, just last week on anger, rage and shame. And there's a section in which I do exactly the same as Sally in, in terms of talking about, well, what is anger? It's not all bad. It's a really important emotion. We'd be dead without it, actually, um, as a human race. Um, and it there was this, it generated this lovely discussion about how would it be if we could accept anger and and tell our kids anger isn't bad. If you if you ask any child in the street, any child in the street, what's anger, or ask them about it, they it would be negative. It would be bad stuff. Um, so yeah, that's. That, that was a really important aspect of the book, wasn't it? Was to kind of say, this, it's all right. It's all right. Like how you express it is really important, mm. but it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's, yeah, we need it. I, I, I've read, I mean, obviously I've, um, not obviously, but I've read a lot of books about this kind of topic. Um, and a lot of them are academic books. There's very few books that feel, um, and I think I don't want to mischaracterize it, but I felt that there was an awful lot of compassion 
in this book, a lot of empathy, compassion. And it sort of, it starts at the beginning with a real sense of a big sigh, big cuddle, right? This is complicated. And um, as you say, even that conversation about anger is kind of going, it's, this is not an academic book, but it's very much grounded in the underlying principles. Um, And was that part of, you know, that, that, you know, that if that seed of an idea came out of those groups with families, was that, where did that compassion fit in? Because you could have just written a book of tips and tricks, you know, you could have written the, um, I was going to say the Sally Donovan A to Z of how to avoid, but that's, I don't want to mix my authors. Um, <laughs> or can I infringe some sort of, uh, um, some sort of uh, copyright. But was that clear from the outset where you wanted to go? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was like the most obvious bit because we've, you know, we've both lived with it. Um, and I, I'm still very much, it, I work with those families every day. Um, and, you know, I, we see the, when social care eventually become involved. And yeah. I often have to step in at that point and say, what you need to understand is that these these humans all adore each other. They love each other. You can't see that right now because they are in massive shit um, and they've lived through huge amounts of trauma. You, but you need to you need to pause, you need to slow down because these guys are, you know, incredible people or who love their children. It's just very, very difficult when you know, when you're being attacked on a daily basis or when your your child is displaying other forms of aggression. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't know, I don't you would think sad, but that's it was it was a bit of a no-brainer, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, I think most of my stuff is I hope it's got the compassion just you know woven right the way through it. Um I'm very aware when I approach a project and when I write that the personal people reading my words are most likely sat on their own and isolated and feeling terribly lonely and lost. And that's certainly how I have felt in the past. And, you know, it's a hideous, hideous feeling. And so you've got to reach out and connect, you know, it's all about relationships, isn't it? If you, you, you can't just preach to people. It's, and I think you've got to, you've got to come at this with the knowledge that it is utterly, utterly baffling to live with someone you love and who you are there to nurture and care for, who, um, can dish out violence yeah. and aggression in your direction. I mean, we're not, there's, there's very little way to make sense of that um, and to make sense of our own ebbing and flowing feelings about it. It's um, it's a cognitive nightmare. <laughs> and I think unless you recognise that, you really can't connect with people who are, who are living, living in those situations. And you sort of you try and point towards that, and you know, and talks about the the complicated phraseology around domestic abuse, domestic violence, and um, and sort of even just unpicking that in a really human way about, well, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but it's there's there's lots of that it's it's in, I guess the the whole issue sort of inhabits this murky world in between absolutes. There's there's no, no there's very little absolute about it. Well, it's absolutely no one should get hurt, but. 
Bah. Mm. So thinking about it in terms of, you know, obviously it's a book that's, that ho- covers a lot of ground. Um, and it, but it's, I mean, it, like all of your books and, um, you know, you've written it in a very accessible way and it's, you know, it's, it's a good toilet book. Sorry to use that phrase, but you know, it's a oh, book dear. that you can, <laughs> oh, how, Oh my God. Well, in the sense that it's a book you can pick up and you can read a paragraph. Oh, I, and I then... don't want to, don't, don't make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point, isn't it? Um, was it Jermaine Greer who said that she wrote her the female eunuch like that because she knew that the women were busy and they would be reading it, and so they would read it in short chunks, and so that's one of the reasons it was really, um, really popular. But it, it feels again like a book that you don't have to, you know, it's not, a, it's broken up in a way that m- means you can, it's digestible. Oh, all the metaphors are. Yeah, I'll be quiet. Massive shovel you had to dig. Scott, please help. Help. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to move on to my my thing because obviously Al and I have done some work on the subject, should we say, and Al's done a lot of work on the subject. I'm just wondering about the language that you decided on uh, because, you know, there was nothing offensive in it. To to me as a a parent who has experienced this. and I'm just wondering, was that was that something that you had to work hard on, or did it just come naturally? Because I'm I'm always very conscious of language these days, because I think that we've learned so much um, <clears throat> by listening um, to the people that this really affects, um, whether it be the young people who've actually you know who, who are involved in it, or whether it's other parents or something like that. So was like I know language will have been important, but was it something that you had to really focus in on, or or did it just come naturally? Um, well, that's music to my ears, Scott, because we... Uh, we well, I could find some words that I didn't like, but... <laughs> <laughs> Especially with uh, how choice our language gets at times. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really... We it, it, we just wanted it to be, A, a guilt-free zone. So we didn't want to use language that labelled children. So there was no way we were going to use aggressive children. Yeah. It was children who display aggression, that... that I think that's probably a good example. Um, but yeah, we we were pretty thoughtful about it. We we wanted everybody to feel totally guilt-free, totally sh- shame-free, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, that's all I can say about it. I'm just really, it's lovely to hear that, that, that's, that you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's a tricky balance, isn't it, between sort of... You, establishing that language which is it names what's going on but doesn't um doesn't dish out blame and shame but also doesn't sort of um pull any oh no that's not a very good metaphor is it doesn't pull any punches yeah when it when it comes to actually what is going on in people's homes you you have to be honest about what you know what it can be like living with violent behaviour you can't you can't dance around that with language completely I think that and so there is a yeah it's a a delicate balance I think Hmm. and as well I mean that then harks back to the like as you said your roots your DNA I guess is initially in, in that adoption and that adoption brand and um as you said, that adopters as a community are very usually pretty well read and kind of like you said, they they're ahead of the curve and they're often learning. 
Um, but the minute you step outside of that world, then I think one of the complications for this issue, you know, working with special guardians, uh, which is what I do, special guardians, parents of children with additional needs, that the language becomes so much more important because actually as an adoptive parent, you know, this is maybe a mischaracterization of a lot of adoptive parents, but I'll go with it. I'll lean in. Why not? Um, I'm a social worker. I can do that. Um, I often think that as adoptive parents, we uh, there's a sense of, well, this is what, I'm I'm mopping this up. I am not the. I wasn't there then. The, this the origins where this stuff, some of this stuff, was seeded. But for families outside of that community, then it's very much a, this is, you know, that additional layer of blame and and maybe guilt and shame and you know if I'd have been a better mum or if I'd have been a better dad or we'd been better parents, that's all in the mix. And was that sort of how did that inform how you were writing the book and kind of the messages you gave? Or did it, if it did at all? Yeah, for sure. I think I think we were just constantly aware of these many, many different families, you know, 50 different types of families that, that we could, you know, oh, but what about them? And, you know, don't want to necessarily use the word parents, but, you know, with a nod to, to all those families that literally, like the SGO families, who just find themselves with a phone call saying, it's you either have these kids or they go into care, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and those families, sorry, my dishwasher's now gonna play a little tune. Um it's, it's these, absolutely fine. These uh these families are um, you know, we just didn't want to leave any anybody out. I don't think I'm answering the question very well, but um we were just conscious of of these the children that we are talking about here come from all kinds of families, and and we wanted it to be a book that that was accessible to to all of them so yeah we we certainly put a lot of thought into you know we would start something we would start a chapter and we would kind of get to the end and say but hang on we've missed all of these people it's not obvious enough that we haven't thought about these people and then we go back and add bits in what do you think sir yeah i i i i hope we've brought out strongly in the book that whatever the situation is that has led to to now to current struggles with violent behavior um it is important to go through a process of forgiveness and accepting that you know we are where we are um and it can be difficult to do that for every family you know i think even in foster and adoptive and STO families, it can be difficult to kind of to think, you know, I, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. I've learned along the way and that's okay. That's yeah. okay to do that. Um, there are always things we can wind back and do differently. Um, so it's very important to draw a line, I think, and move on and learn. And, you know, that's, that's part of being human. And this is a, you know, it's a very, very imperfect and messy situation. Mm. It just by its very nature, um, you know, it's a head mess. It really is. And I, I know there are lots of different, you know, there are lots of different sort of um, complexities, you know, around, you know, I've heard people say, you know, if only we hadn't got divorced, if only this, if only that, you know, if only I'd 
taken more care here or thought about this or anticipated that, you know, if only is, you know, we've got to park that at some point, haven't we? And, and look at the now. Mm. And of course, one of the things I was thinking about was because obviously, you know, the, the aggression and violence piece, but it's, it's what that then moves on to as well. So, um, you know, like controlling coercive behavior and stuff like that. And that's, you know, it's not something that I really, I don't really want to go down that route, but given the experience and some of the people you talk to is, is that something <laughs> I feel like I'm lining you up for your next um, project, but um, because that can happen as well, can't it? You know, it can happen within the mix of violence and aggression, but also it can be quite separate as well. Did you, did you find that from the families that you spoke to? You're both nodding, mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that was quite... Yeah, yeah. And we have got a big section on different types of violence, and it's not just, mm. you know, the traditional hitting and kicking. Mm. It is... There are different types of control. Violent, you know, violent behaviour comes in many forms. Um, so we have been... You know, we were very keen to sweep all of that up, and I hope we've expressed some of the nuance. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I was looking... Across the whole book, it feels like you've covered so much ground. I feel like, you know, each one of the chat, it's in parts and each one of the parts in of itself is just so broad, you know, um, thinking about, you know, looking at underlying risks um, um boundaries. Uh, you know, I'm just reading, I'm reading the chapter list here, strategies to create an environment for reflection and repair. And you go, actually, you're drawing on all, you know, drawing on polyvagal theory. There's PACE, which is the DDP model in the middle of all of that. There's stuff around boundaries, around, around support, you know, getting support around getting support, you know, about the, the, how having ch other children in the household creates a whole different dynamic. And you, and you feel like you've covered so much area, but, um, was that slightly frustrating? Or was that kind of your intention? Actually, that you want to, I guess that you wanted to make it a that if people need to know more, they can go somewhere else. But this is a great grounding and a great. This kind of encapsulates the whole issue. I was quite keen that we were both very keen that we didn't shirk away right. from the questions that people always ask, which is, "What do I do when it's happening to me in the moment?" Yeah, because no one ever tells me that. Um, how do I set a boundary? Um, how do I say no? Yeah. How do I, how can I control the temperature in my house? Um, when do I involve the police? How do I keep my other children safe? All those really, really difficult, difficult issues that I, I from experience, you know, you, when you go to professionals, that's when things start getting a little bit mealy-mouthed and a bit, well, you know, oh, don't know, depends. And what we tried to do is give people some some answers Certainty. to that, some yeah. some places to go with all that really, you know, because that's that's what that's what makes it hard, all that stuff. Mm. I, I remember a long time ago, an adoptive uh, parent phoned me. I wasn't working with that family they phoned to see if there was any leverage in, in me perhaps working and 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 this person this parent explained their whole scenario and about how their child um was displaying just you know aggressive and violent behaviors and the, the specific nature of that and i found myself saying to that parent have you called the police and they were absolutely 
oh my gosh, this has not occurred to me. I didn't even know I could do it. And and that's not the only incidence where yeah. I experienced that dynamic where parents, it wasn't even on their radar. Um, so that all those things that Sally's just said, they were they were really important to include the, you know, what do I do if, okay, we're going to tell you what we think, because um, this 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 has probably got some legs in terms of making your life uh, a bit more peaceful. And I mean, also, I mean, there were, I think there were two chapters we even missed. There was just so much that it felt like it needed to be covered, and we in the end we we left those out because there was just there was just so much. But yeah, we we tried to cover as much as we could. Yeah. I mean, and that's that, interesting. Sorry, Scott. No, I was just going to say. I think I think the one the the points that you just made um, there from from both of you actually are really important because that that shame thing again comes up doesn't it if if you even suggest and you know i know this from um uh, supporting families with fasd here um if you even dare suggest that they may ring the police sometimes that can just cause them to go into a complete and utter meltdown because they think that that's gonna you know well, number one, that's going to criminalise the child, but secondly, the shame that it's bringing on them and the child or the young person. Um, and I guess it's it's getting over that kind of that kind of hurdle of of seeing it as that shame or blame or embarrassment or whatever. And I think that's a really important kind of point for anybody who's listening, actually, who's who's maybe listening because they've seen what the topic's about tonight um that they they understand that you know it's not about that it's about making sure that everybody's kind of looked after in in these circumstances i think everyone's safe yeah you said what well, uh, yeah totally it, the odd thing about aggression and violence <clears throat> is it's actually our system trying to trying to get us back to a place of safety that's what it is if, if you are if you are in a place where you are behaving in an aggressive or violent way you're trying to get back to safety and that's yeah that's what it it all comes down to and we as the parents or the carers it's our job to try and steer them in that direction i mean i, I think it's a wonderful book and i think it's um because i said there's a lot of academic books out there there's a lot of you know which are to be generous some are better than others but most of them are hard work you know they, they're kind of theoretical and i think that what you've brought is that you've brought something that's that's tangibly helpful which i think is what you know you were aiming for um and you you even acknowledge that you kind of you but you also um, acknowledge the ambiguity in them all again that one size does not fit all and you know i think you say that at the very at the very end um you say that as much as you've given tangible this is a good idea to call the police you've also said but it's one size fits all, which I think as a social worker, and you know, Cal, you're a social worker as well, sometimes that is the accusation against us is that we're, we are just a bit, well, maybe. And that's really difficult because without knowing the family, it's hard, isn't it, to give a, a sort of determined thing. But this, you've tried to kind of straddle that, haven't you, here? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, strategy A might work on Monday, might not work at all on Tuesday, might work a bit on Wednesday, you might need to try something completely different on Thursday, you know, it's, you know, and certain things never work in our homes, but they might yeah. work brilliantly, you know, in other homes. And yeah. a lot of it is trying stuff out and seeing what sticks. Um, I think there are some good principles. Um, and a lot of the rest of it is, you know, 
we talk about it being an art and a science and I really I, mm. I keep coming back to that it's um you know there definitely is a science to it but there is yeah. a huge part of it as an art as well you know there's a lot of jazz chords that you need to play around <laughs> with and you know yeah um yeah. you know we need to find the tunes that work in our families yeah I can remember those weeks where things have worked five times in a row and I've genuinely started to believe that well, this was it. This was it. We've got it. This is, this is, I can see we're going to reach adulthood and then it, you know, and then the <laughs> wheels came off a little bit. Yeah. Um, Beware yeah. that sense of optimism. I think that. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe it. Don't believe it at all. Um, can I ask then, because the book, I mean, I think the book, like I say, I think it, we need a book like this. And I don't say that glibly because I think we absolutely do. We've got lots of great academic books but that that'll get into the, that that could potentially get into lots of really good places but are you going to kind of roll this out as a are you going to are you delivering this as training are you going back to where you started are you sort of have you got plans to start supporting families directly again and together as a team oh we wouldn't say no <laughs> <laughs> um, pause we, we um i think i think that the the sort of uh, the training sessions that we started with, we just did a couple, but I think they were a thing, you know, I think they were good and they were the the kind of skeleton to this book. And I right. think that the book is there. We've definitely got scope to, I don't know, take it on the road or whatever. Um, uh, we, we'd love to do that, I guess. Again, so so I'm I'm a bit of a virgin here in terms of this is my my first book might be my only book, um, but I you know I'm kind of just I'm feeling very very personally I'm just feeling what this process brings I'm feeling like okay will will this need my time over there will this need a bit of time over there will it make no difference to my life at all um so yeah I'm kind of just sitting back and going is there a need for more is there scope for us to yeah to do some more collaboration because we do work really really well together we do kind of sing from the same hymn sheet and talk the same language and write the same lists and all that jazz um so yeah uh I think I speak for both of us when I say we'd definitely be up for something cool Sally's nodding (laughs) yeah we've had a few I can't remember who it was now there's a couple of professional associations that have invited us to speak at sort of lunch and learn type things um in the new year so we've got a few things like that going on that hopefully will just sort of trickle the word out a bit more um this is kind of quite a difficult book to market really mm. um i'm sure you've yeah with your work as well you've maybe found the same it's um you know families are sort of hidden away aren't they and it's you know it's not a mass market book but it's all yeah, how how do you target yeah. an audience that might be living with violence? Yeah, yeah the, pe- the sort of people who don't have time to browse libraries in on yeah. online bookstores. That you know, so there's this kind of there is this disparity, isn't it? The, I think that there is a huge market out there, but they're they're sort of self limiting because they people are just they can't they just can't lift their heads above the parapet because mm. of the the nature of the the issue at hand. Right. Hmm. Totally agree with that. You know, if, you, if we all think back to the first time that we experienced it and the shock and the horror and the shame and what have we done wrong and all that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, that's probably, that's why this is good. Um, and it's also, it's been brought to Ireland now. So you've got another country. Oh, thank you. you. Know, so, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Well, it's true because, you know, like I say, we support families and, um, you know, some of them are experiencing this and, you know, it's a really good kind of, um, it's a really good thing for them to have a look at. And, you know, like Al said, you can just dip in and out of it. You know, I wouldn't have mm. gone as far as to say it's a toilet book. You know, I mean, there are there is six spare pages at the back if you want to wipe the backside, but, you know, I'm sure people aren't going to do that. Notes, I think that's for notes. That's for notes. That's for notes, isn't it? Yeah, it I mean, is, I wouldn't know anything Scott. about this, but, you know, um, used to pop up books me. But, um, you know, it's um, it's certainly something that, you know, we we are directing our families to because I think that it's, it's really useful. Um, so uh, I haven't looked to see actually what the links are like for getting them delivered to Ireland, but I'm sure there's probably a distributor here who does them or something. So I'll have a look for that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You've thought you've been really thank you. You've oh, anything Sally Donovan. Generous. You know I'm on it. You know I'm on it. No, but I, Sorry, I really Carly. I didn't gen- mean it like no, that. I really <laughs> No, I really appreciate that you've taken the time to read it and because I, you know, I know you're both very busy and And you know I don't read. So you And know. you don't read. So yeah. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think that that's a perfect place to stop um, for this evening. But the unofficial guide to therapeutic parenting for childhood aggression and violence by Sally Donovan and Carly Kingswood is available from JKP Publishing or Books, I think. We'll put all the links and the tags and everything in the show notes um, so that people can connect into it. Um, And hopefully, you know, you can continue to help families with it. And there's a kettle on the front. I like that. That's, I think that's that just kind of describes it, doesn't it? I don't know. Who I saw was that. delighted. We had one. We we had one of the guys from Publish It from JKP sent us the front cover and said, "What do you think?" And I went, "Yes, <laughs> that." <laughs> it kind of just says all, oh, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, it does. It's like you know, free, no, but well. yeah, well, exactly. I was just going to say because normally with stuff like that, you'd have a photograph of an angry child or a despondent yeah. parent or something like that. And I just think, window, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a golf club through your car, you know, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's it's absolutely non-shaming, and I I I like that as well. So thank you both for coming on, um, Carly. You've now broken your podcast virginity with us anyway i don't know you might be doing oh no 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 elsewhere. Oh, don't come when she says virgin twice that. nobody says that and you don't say anything but when i say virginity you go all cringy oh, typical no. heterosexual not in touch with these feelings male, <laughs> you know. don't don't even go there i've not recovered from the sex therapist conversation <laughs> oh yeah if you haven't listened to that episode if you've got time have a listen it was great it was i could hear al i could hear you blushing through yeah, the speakers it was hilarious i was in my element carly i have to brilliant. say it was the funniest episode we've done yeah great except fun. swearing episode that was fun yeah i shall rush straight up <laughs> yeah. and down like that one <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on and uh, we will speak to you soon yeah, thank, you for you. Thank, you. thank you very much. Thank you.